Hi, I'm James McKenzie. I'm a Zimbabwean studying in London, learning how to be creative. Each time on the show, I'll do an audio analysis of the visual industry by talking to someone, from creative professionals to unimaginative friends. Some will be completely qualified and others will be totally inexperienced. But they'll all have ideas and opinions and advice. This is Cream Soda Creative. Uh, so today I'm with a very, very special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Um, my name is Katerina Bianchini. I am a creative director from London. I run a studio in Hackney Downs. Mm-hmm. We primarily work with branding, uh, campaign work, um, packaging, mm-hmm. um, and I'd say the majority of our work is based in the culture sort of industry, so yeah. music, mm-hmm. um, fashion, mm-hmm. and the arts. Mm. So to begin with, how did you become a designer sort of in the first place? Um, to be honest, <laughs> I get asked this question all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, it uh-huh. was, um, it wasn't actually deliberate. You know, <laughs> it wasn't like a real way? sort of decision. Yeah. So basically I went to uni just because all my friends were going to uni, mm-hmm. not because <laughs> I thought that it was something that I like had to, so I just felt like it was something I had to do. Yeah. Um, basically we sort of did a foundation year and in that foundation Mm -hmm. year at art college, you kind of do a wee bit of life drawing, you do ceramics, you Uh do fashion design, you do photography, et cetera, et cetera. Uh And, um, I very nearly went down the fashion route when I had to decide in my second year Mm -hmm. what to do, what to specialize in. Um, and then I decided I'll just do communication design because... (laughs) Why not? I had no idea what it really was, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. <laughs> On a whim. Okay. Yeah. So it was, I must admit, it was never a conscious decision. Like, okay. I was never a kid thinking, oh, I really want to be a graphic designer. Yeah. I was always very interested in art. Like, mm-hmm. I studied art all the way up to my last years of school. Yeah. I um, was very into music. So I studied music all the way up until my last year of school. Mm-hmm. I left school early which was kind of when like at that time was quite weird you know it was Uh quite a a bold sort of thing to do because all my friends were like well you're not going to do your hires (laughs) which is what we call them in Scotland Mm -hmm. um and I went to college and I actually studied medium format and film photography okay so that's really where I think my interest in design came from because that's very sort of gridded it's quite you Mm -hmm. know it's all about composition and Mm -hmm. art direction Mm -hmm. um so I'd say that that's where it kind of the interest started. And then I just started to make posters for like exhibitions and stuff. Yeah. And just kind of ended up where I am now. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing was super conscious. And, yeah. and even today, I still think, I wonder what I am going to be <laughs> in the next 10 years. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And sort of in that time that you've been a graphic designer, what's sort of the most interesting projects that you've been able to work on? Oh, I don't know. I... I really love small projects because okay. um, I just love the sort of control you have over them. Yeah. The concepts that you can kind of come up with and mm. think about. And clients, when they're a lot smaller or when they're starting out like startups, yeah, tend to be a bit more up for doing something a bit more bold or yeah. a bit more crazy, a mm-hmm. bit more creative. Yeah. So I, I still love the projects that most studios would probably say no to because Mm. they just don't have the budget or they don't have the money. Uh But what I do is I kind of save those projects for myself Mm. and I work on them in my own time. Okay. And that allows me to kind of take on something that, 
you know has a has a way like smaller budget yeah um i'm trying to think of, of like a, an actual obviously the book was yeah, amazing yeah, of course. but that was very self-indulgent so it wasn't really <laughs> a, a project that came through the studio mm-hmm. um i'd say in the studio one of my highlights has got to be working with diesel oh yeah so we rebranded their like famous tagline that mm-hmm. they've been using for 20 years wow. yeah and also doing some designs for merch for levi's so yeah. Yeah, that but that awesome. was a couple of years. Like that was we designed those a couple of years ago, but they're only actually coming out this wow. summer yeah. for the women's tea collection. Sheesh. So, yeah, it's a long so it's process been like, to go I've through. been sitting on it for so long. <laughs> it must you be know? really nice when you actually finally get it and be able to see it. In yeah, print. two year wait is is pretty insane for wow. a project, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. And then smaller projects. I just love working on EP covers and yeah, like my freezing. poster work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe book covers. We do quite a lot of book covers for like art yeah. publications. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I would say that they're pretty small projects in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things. Yeah. And sort of like you said, like the smaller projects give you the freedom to explore your own sort of style within your sort of creation of the art design. How would you describe your style? Oof. Pretty, I always use the word charismatic and, okay. and people yeah. find that quite unusual and I think it's because I think it I, suits though with sort of seeing the work around here yeah so it's kind of very I'm not afraid of colour but I'm yeah. also not afraid to use black and white so yeah. it's quite a I suppose that's quite unusual. I think a lot of people mm. do shy away from colour and using it, mm. especially in branding, because it is quite yeah. difficult yeah. to kind of get that right. Um, and then I'd say... So it's charismatic because it always feels like there's a person or there's some sort of personality or some sort of character okay. involved in it. And that even feeds through into like branding work and that might mm. just come through in the tone of voice yeah. that we sort of use or we mm-hmm. create for that brand and mm-hmm. how that then feels across, you know, all the brand assets like the packaging or the social posts, etc. Yeah. Um So I'd say charismatic. I'd say pretty pretty bold yeah um so is that in the way that you use the colors and the typography i would say i hate the word bold because i just think it's so generic but the reason i kind of (laughs) say that is because yeah i'd say application of design is pretty against i suppose graphic design rules so Mm. i don't particularly say that everything has to be gridded Mm. um and i really believe in the sort of um paul clee quote which was as long as you know the rules you can break them so as long as you've gone and you've studied it and you really know what how Mm -hmm. to typeset or how to Mm -hmm. design something and how to work with something for digital Mm -hmm. then you're kind of allowed to break those rules a little bit so with typography for instance Mm -hmm. i often try to make something like really clean, really crisp. Yeah. And then I go into it uh-huh. and actually make it look bad. Yeah. Quite like deliberately. So because <laughs> uh-huh. it just kind of creates this point of interest. And I think that there is, um, there's something in doing that, you know, it's kind mm-hmm. of going against what other people are trying to do. Yeah. And also just, I suppose, reforming mm. graphic design in the mm-hmm. sense of, we've got these rules we've had these sort of you know things put in place yeah but this has been in place for centuries yeah so let's try and do something a wee bit new as long as you know it and as long as you've studied it and sort of understand it yeah you can go against it who do you think sort of lays out those rules in the first place where do they come from oh probably like the swiss graphic designers <laughs> yeah, or, yeah then, like yeah uh-huh. i'd say um yeah i just say from you know like for instance with typography it was mm. all came from letters 
litter setting. So yeah. with like metal blocks, which mm-hmm. then turned into wood blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say that's probably where that kind of came from was actually quite an industrious approach to graphic design. Yeah. And through that industrious approach, a mechanical approach, things mm. have to be laid out in a certain way yeah. in order for the machines to kind of use them and the work function, with them. Yeah. yeah. And then I think that that's now been pulled into the modern world but I think that we have so much resource at our fingertips in terms of working on things mm-hmm. and having um, computers and yeah. all the rest of it that I just think we we are able to kind of bend those rules a wee bit now and mm-hmm. you see that a lot now with sort of anti-design um, genres that are kind of coming out. Like and which it, sort of ones? So basically like people who deliberately make things like really ugly Okay, and they're kind of, it's this whole movement of um sort of it's called like anti-design or, okay. or something or yeah. post design i've actually forgotten there is like another name for it but it's mm-hmm. basically anti-design okay and it's people who are graphic designers yeah. but instead of making something look aesthetically pleasing mm-hmm. or as something that would be accepted by the many yeah they, it's quite avant-garde it's, yeah. it's very sort of Unique yeah, it's, it's strange typography that you might not necessarily even be able to read. Yeah, very okay. unusual sort of digitalized uh-huh. characters. And yeah, it's it's cool though. It's interesting. Would you I consider yourself as a like a part of that? No, definitely not. Uh-huh. I wouldn't say so. Okay, but I would definitely. I'd say that I probably. I like to think that we are definitely more within a sort of art genre mm. than we are within the design genre because okay. I th- we take all our references in the studio from big art books like mm. art history. Mm-hmm. We try to always sort of reference something like from art or from the past or from history yeah. rather than sitting on Pinterest and trying to pull stuff okay, off of that's Pinterest really yeah. or like Behance or uh-huh. whatever. So we're constantly scanning in, sketching. Yeah. Um, so I'd say probably where I sit is maybe more, I really don't know, between art and design. And yeah. I wouldn't say I'm in a part of any particular mm-hmm. design movement, as it were. Yeah. But maybe other people would disagree with me uh-huh. and say that they feel that it's very yeah particular. I don't know. Yeah. And so you say you go and get your research from like art. What in particular? Is that sort of modern art or paintings or... How do you get your inspiration? So I actually... Okay, so my dad was a antique collector. Okay. Um, and, like, seller. Mm-hmm. So when I was growing up, I was always surrounded by pretty mental um, furniture, you okay, know, yeah. like, um, really interesting objects, mm-hmm. paintings. Mm-hmm. And now in my sort of, you know, being a bit older and setting up my own house and my own studio, I've really got into antiques and yeah. um, I've got into... Uh, art collecting art so mm-hmm. I actually collect art as well okay. um, and I'm very much into contemporary art that's yeah. the thing that I would say I reference a lot so mm-hmm. artists like John Baldessari yeah. I love him so much mm-hmm. his use of colour mm-hmm. um, Keith Haring um, loads of people loads yeah. but I would say that when it comes to the studio and the work that we do in the studio mm-hmm. it can be anything it could be renaissance Mm -hmm. it could be you know a painting by like a fresco by you know one of the great Mm -hmm. italian fresco Mm -hmm. painters um yeah 
it could just be anything and even japanese art for instance yeah. like looking at japanese art so looking at how they use like uh-huh. brush marks and yeah how they use graphic elements within that that mm-hmm. they hand drew mm-hmm. anything yeah and so you say on your website that you founded the studio uh sort of to create design as art what do you mean by that so this is really kind of touching on the idea of i don't feel like i don't feel as a studio we sit particularly in design okay i feel like we sit definitely more on this sort of contemporary art i'd say like art and design so because our approach is very arty so yeah it's sketchbooking Mm -hmm. it's pulling books dusty books out scanning them in yeah. um painting you know we've been spray painting in the park behind the studio like yeah, so just cool. doing like mental stuff <laughs> uh-huh. um like so it's very sort of art- mm. it's almost like foundation year uni yeah. sort of stuff yeah, like so cool. that sort of experimentation yeah but then bringing it in and actually giving that to, to corporate clients yeah for instance like we work uh-huh. for oh, like wow. diesel yeah you know all of that started with us cutting up pieces of paper yeah or using spray paint mm. you know it's just yeah. it's it's experimenting so, yeah so i think a lot of i suppose big big studios mm. wouldn't wouldn't see the time you know, or the importance of doing something like yeah. that. They'll just be like, get on the computer. So do what's worked before. Sort yeah, of thing. kind of mm-hmm. get it done, you yeah. know, because these, and also the clients they work with are very, very sort of corporate, I'd yeah. say. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I think is probably where this sort of design as art. So it's creating things that I suppose do sit within the design world in yeah. terms of typography, uh-huh. in terms of what they are, editorial, mm-hmm. poster work. Yeah. Uh, packaging, mm-hmm. brand identity. But the application of the design and the approach and the concept behind it is very much art artistic yeah. and art driven, mm-hmm. not design driven. So, mm. and that's why I'd like to think that our work stands out oh, as mm. something a bit different yeah. to other studios. Do you think like the premise of the whole industry is like a little bit wrong? Do you think we should be seeing design as art? And should they always be something that's the same? I have a feeling that like big, massive agencies would say absolutely not. Okay. Purely just because of the clients that they work with. Mm-hmm. And I suppose if you're working with someone, I don't know, like Airbnb or, or yeah. something, if you went up to them and kind of said something like this, they mm-hmm. might just be like, what are you talking about? We literally <laughs> yeah. just want, you know, this brand identity. Yeah. So I think it definitely depends on who you're trying to service and what you're trying to do as a studio and where you want to sit within like you know that world because there's definitely a place for for the sort of tech driven agencies like design agencies Mm -hmm. and the more corporate agencies a hundred percent that's they're they're needed definitely but i think with what i want to try and do with this studio uh, now and moving on in the future mm-hmm. is just make sure that we're always kind of positioned in, in a different way. We're not super interested in mm. working on those huge corporate jobs. We'd much rather work with a gallery, for instance, yeah. or um, on packaging for a startup or mm. something for, like a, a side campaign for Nike rather yeah, than... their main. Yeah, uh-huh. or rather than just things that allow more creative freedom. Yeah. So I think in terms of saying... Have, have other studios got it wrong? I'd say no. I think it just 
definitely depends on what sector within the design industry okay. you kind of sit in. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely smaller studios who do what we do, mm-hmm. which is more cultural and arts-associated arts yeah. work. Mm-hmm. And then there's other massive agencies, you know, like Pentagram, Design yeah. Studio, um, like loads. We do a, yeah. a lot bigger, massive, massive jobs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've obviously also done some really big jobs with some big clients. Do you find that when you do those, you're sort of limited in the creativity that you can show and use? Um, I don't know, because we all, I suppose the thing is, we're kind of at a stage now where I think people definitely come to the studio for the studio style. Okay. So they're kind of expecting a certain aesthetic. Yeah. And I think that that allows us a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. So maybe things will be reined in, you know, to some degree. Yeah. But a lot of the time, I must admit, mm-hmm. we manage to push through mm-hmm. whatever concept we've kind of designed. Yeah for it mm-hmm. and that's pretty amazing because yeah. for instance at the moment we're working on this enormous job in san francisco Sheesh. and it's a three-story retail space in wow. union square Sheesh. so it's like yeah it's really, really big. cool um and it's co-retail and mm-hmm. co-work yeah. space so it's a, a really new concept yeah and for instance something like that could be seen as, as pretty corporate mm. i suppose because it's you know it's functioning as something that's like massive it's yeah. for like the consumer um, it's got sort of brands, etc. Mm-hmm. But we've still managed to kind of push through like a really sort of creative yeah. design for it. And I think as well, like people definitely now are more open to having something like that because they see that the world's kind of changing and people are yeah. inundated with images yeah, day on day, you yeah. know, with Instagram. Yeah. So I think it's now getting to a point where people do kind of want to push the boundaries of yeah. design and mm-hmm. try and just do something that will get them seen, for instance, on mm-hmm. Instagram. Because people yeah. will be like, this is mental. This is yeah. like a, a shop and look at local. Like <laughs> uh-huh. it's, you know, and it's starting yeah. to create. And I think that that's where our work kind of is getting, I suppose, the, the you know, the, the sort of leeway and the sort mm-hmm. of um, traction. Yeah. That, so it has the been. companies want look different. Mm. Mm. So, I mean, your, your style is really unique and pushing out there. How did you find that in the beginning? Like, how did you discover your style? Oh, I just, I don't know. I get asked this one as well all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I get asked this and how do you choose your colours all the time? Um, and I just don't really have much of an answer for either of them. To be uh-huh. honest, it was just enjoying yeah. what I do. Yeah. Like, for instance, I see my design work, um, sorry, my poster work mm-hmm. as my sort of art, if, yeah. if you will. Uh-huh. And I think that maybe my approach to that, mm. because they're super free, obviously, it's like yeah. min- like small nights. Mm-hmm. Um, it's music, which is so subjective anyway. Yeah. Um, I think maybe my sort of style in my posters and my art and that side of things mm. has filtered into my studio work. The, the, the stuff I promote in the studio with mm-hmm. like my designers. And mm-hmm. I think that that's maybe what's shaped the style that we now push, you know, yeah. as a studio. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, it was literally just doing it and enjoying it. Yeah. And that's what the outcome was, was mm-hmm. these things but i'm also so influenced by art so maybe maybe that is yeah maybe like you know for you're influenced by yeah like bruno minari i talk about him all the time but he is just literally 
I just think he was like the most clever man ever. <laughs> yeah. And, like he was just so interesting and uh-huh. it was just amazing the way that he looked at everything, his approach to everything. And he was a graphic designer mm. as well, but he very much sat on that border of like yeah. art and design. Uh-huh. So maybe it's sort of referencing those points as well that mm-hmm. has, has shaped it a little bit. Mm. So sort of as a young designer, uh, trying to figure out my style, but also trying to do sort of freelance work, do you think it's better to find a style and stick to it um, or to be more open to the different sort of people who are asking for designs? Mm, I think maybe when you're starting out, it's good to try and just do lots of different jobs. Yeah. So if something comes your way, it might be a wee bit more corporate. Yeah. Fine, just take it. for yeah. the For, you know, just for the experience, for mm-hmm. the ability to kind of... Just work on that for a little bit. Mm. I'd say when you can start to specialise, I think it's definitely... It, I mean, it really does depend. Because if you're going into studios as a freelancer, for instance, yeah, I think it's good to be able to adapt and to have a different mm-hmm. sort of style. Mm-hmm. I think if you are more illustrative and visual, like more of a image maker, yeah. which I'd say we definitely kind of sit within that Mm. region in the studio then i think people get you in for your style so they'll be like we want to collaborate with you for your style Mm. um so my biggest advice is just do as much as you can physically do Uh while you're young yeah i was a mental case you know (laughs) i used to work from 7am until like uh 7pm in a design studio then I'd come home and I'd open my laptop and just start working again on my freelance work and I did that for like three years just worked constantly over the weekends Um, at uni I would just do I'd actually just go up to people I'd just be like do you want a flyer and I'll I'll sign it for you for free (laughs) you know and I came out of uni with like a huge portfolio yeah so I think even if it's just like concept as well Mm -hmm. like it's a conceptual project. It's not actually for a client. Fine. Yeah. If you feel like, oh, I really want to try and do an identity for a baker's or something. Yeah. Because I've got this really cool idea for it. Mm-hmm. Do it. Just make it. And, yeah. And do it. And just try and churn out as much as you can. And then maybe what you'll see is when you reflect back on those things, mm-hmm. that there is something that really interests you. And maybe you that's like Swiss, that. yeah. um, Swiss typographic yeah. or... Um, more like image-based stuff like mm-hmm. collage mm-hmm. and and maybe your sort of style will emerge naturally yeah because i think it's really hard to just make yourself have a style yeah i think you'd have it in you anyway i think it's just more about giving your self the opportunity for it to come out naturally yeah because a lot of the time in the studio we're sort of encouraged to find your own style and that's like a sort of a constant thing that's, that we're being told but i think like you're saying just sort of enjoying what you're doing and having a style come out through that we're actually told like a really good quote i think by jk rowling this past week which is that she copied everybody until she found what she enjoyed and she Mm. found her own voice and i think that also applies for design because it's you're just copying people and and just doing work until you find what you enjoy a hundred percent like i think it's it's really hard especially now to do something that is totally and utterly original yeah like you will always find such a pressure as well do you find that do you find that to be a pressure or if you i just ignore it to be honest i don't i don't really partake (laughs) in like any of those Uh uh-huh we don't publish, like, for instance, if our work gets published on something, mm-hmm. it's usually they've just taken it off of Behance. Mm-hmm. So I, I quite deliberately now mm-hmm. uh, don't submit our work in for 
sort of any of these big sort of design yeah. um, websites yeah. that review the brand identity, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just, because I just think it's so difficult nowadays to do something different yeah. and be original. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It's it, And then if you're getting put in that whirlpool of like lots of other people who've done brand identities <sighs> yes. and you're on that list of that website, you just feel like you're kind of a part of that scene yeah and it's quite hard it's mm-hmm. quite hard to distinguish whether that's a good thing or a bad thing to do so yeah i do agree with that i think you definitely are influenced constantly by other people's work mm-hmm. that might not be contemporary it could yeah. be like i mean for instance we're so inspired by art yeah and the history of art and yeah. even music theory for sometimes yeah. comes into the work that we do mm-hmm. um so we we have definitely borrowed a few things from them, you know, <laughs> yeah. like like concepts or yeah. whatever. But um, maybe if you copy people who are in the past rather than contemporary, yes. that's a better oh, that's idea. A good, that's a really good way. Yeah, yeah. Because I think con- doing it in the contemporary landscape, especially with Instagram, is just a really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good advice because that's definitely what I'm doing at the moment. <laughs> so definitely going to go. But to try, change. I mean, no, if you're yeah, doing it for no money. That. Yeah. to try it yeah. then fair enough because mm-hmm. you're a student at uni it's not like you're creating a poster for someone who's paying you yeah. and you've just copied someone else's work yeah definitely mm. I love going to, to art galleries and like just re- the really old paintings mm. and just uh, like admiring the composition in them as well and how that could translate into a poster design or to anything like a flyer um, so that's I do that occasionally but definitely not enough yeah, yeah. that's yeah, really books. great yeah those and books yeah like my biggest thing mm-hmm. i love it so your style um do you consider it like finished or do you think it will change oh god no idea yeah <laughs> probably change probably in what direction just, do you think i think it'll probably just be pushed for instance even like now we're trying new things you yeah. know every day so like what sort of things for like instance we draw a lot of our typography okay something that we did not used to do or i didn't used mm. to do as mm-hmm. like an as an as a freelancer mm-hmm. now we try and create everything that yeah. we put out and so that's totally new to me that's completely Just, must be yeah. a lot of extra work it's loads of extra work mm-hmm. and also to be honest clients still don't get it yeah. they're like so that font that you used and you're like um no no we drew this yeah. you know like on the computer but yeah we made it uh-huh. and it's based it's usually based on something and then we add to yeah. it or Make we it unique. Re- yeah mm-hmm. um but I just don't know. It really depends. It depends on the work. It depends where... We're definitely in our infancy, I'd say, the studio. Mm-hmm. We've only been going for one year. Mm-hmm. So you just have no idea what, what's going to happen, where things are going to go. Yeah. I love more doing things like creative direction, not mm-hmm. direction. So mm-hmm. maybe it will get more into actual physical set design i'd love yeah. to do set design oh, that would be cool yeah mm. i always go to the theater and just like well i always go but when i go to the theater i like admire the sets and i come out thinking oh my gosh i'm in the wrong job i should just want to be I doing mean, that amazing yeah, yeah so cool and so hands-on which yeah. i think is like what I, I would say about design is you have to be prepared to be sitting behind a computer for yeah quite a lot of your time mm-hmm. <laughs> even yeah. when you're managing other people you still end up sitting behind their computer while you're <laughs> managing them uh-huh. yeah so can you talk us through an example of a project you've worked on to show us your creative process um okay 
I don't know. I need to see my project. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like in my head, what I, what have I done? Um, okay, for instance, we could talk about. Well, this is a new one, subculture. Oh yeah, I love that. So that's also a fun that you made. So we made this. Yeah. One, yep. And basically, subculture is a night that has is the longest running ever uh-huh. in the whole world. Wow. House music night so yeah it's been going for like 40 years yeah yeah Um, and it's got two resident djs harry and dominic Mm -hmm. and we kind of were thinking about um a concept for this that we felt really Mm -hmm. sat within what they're trying to do that this idea of transcendence like you know they've been going on for so long and they'll probably still be going for so long yeah um and so what we kind of start by doing is we will just do loads of research so that's kind of where the books come in so we get the books out we start scanning them in Mm -hmm. even pulling quotes for instance off of um out of books or online yeah building out some like sort of more visual mood boards and Mm -hmm. exploring different territories that we could maybe go down yeah um for the project and we kind of split them off into like three to four routes Mm -hmm. which we then start to build out okay and then within those we start to after we've kind of done all this research, we start to sketch mm-hmm. and we'll start to sort of draw out things. We'll do things called sprints, okay. which is where we give ourselves... So, for instance, this afternoon, we've got an afternoon of sprints. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's where you give yourself a really tight deadline okay. to work on something. So That sounds like fun. That's yeah, cool. it's quite fun. And, yeah. it's, and it's part of the sketching process. So nothing okay. has to be like super, super finished. Yeah. But, for instance, we will do like the mark, maybe the logo mark. Okay. And we'll spend an hour on making a logo mark that sits within this first territory, this first okay, route that we've, and spend one hour, and then we'll print everything off and put it up on the wall, and you okay. end up having like fifty designs That's because so yeah. you're just you just can't think about anything else. You're like, okay, nothing else yeah. matters except for doing this for the next hour. Okay. Then for the next hour, you might move on to building out as many different typefaces, mm-hmm. even if it's found typefaces. Okay. For Route number one. Yeah. And then again, you come out and even if you've done 10, that's still 10 yeah. fonts that mm-hmm. you've, it's, it, it's a lot. Yeah, so, definitely. Um, that's what we then start to do. And then we'll start to kind of hone in on some ideas that are sitting within each mm-hmm. of those three different routes. Yeah. And we'll pull out one of them. Mm-hmm from each okay we always present three to okay. the end to the client at the end and we'll start building out the brand world of that so for mm-hmm. route number one for instance if it's about community mm-hmm. we'll start building out the logo type the mark okay the flyers mm-hmm. the tote bags mm-hmm. the website design yeah. we'll start to create a brand world so mm-hmm. that when we present it to the client they understand exactly how this is going to look how we are imagining it in yeah. our head um and that, I would say, is like very much a typical project approach yeah. with sub- subculture. It was the same sort of process. Mm-hmm. And then we split, because it was more poster focused than it was, you mm-hmm. know, doing like tote bags and websites, yeah. etc. Um, we then split the posters into the three different routes. Okay. And then for each of the three different routes, we'd also built out a typeface for the word subculture. Okay. Wow. Um, so I think there was it ended up being four routes for that one. And mm-hmm. the one that they ended up going with was the look of sound. And oh, it was cool. this idea of how 
does sound you know if you're in a club and you could see sound like how would it yeah what Uh would it look like how would it feel what does it do to the person and we kind of came with this sort of like liquid really sort of colorful Uh ambiguous Mm -hmm. sort of liquid something that's very fluid that's malleable Mm -hmm. you mentioned just now that you use like music theory Mm. in your research like did that apply here and like how have you used it uh we've used music theory on a project for bleep which was a vinyl shop that Uh we um designed (laughs) um so we did the fit out we also do like quite a lot of like interior sort of Mm-hmm. Uh, fit outs so just advising with and working with interior designers yeah with whatever we've sort of created as a brand identity uh-huh. and with that we used a lot of mu- um, music theory for the merch that we designed for them and okay. it was all about the golden ratio in oh, yeah. um creative music so the golden oh, ratio yeah. basically exists in everything yeah. even in like the growth of a leaf yeah is got the golden ratio applied yeah. to it the growth of the composition yeah. of a painting, the, the composition of music. Yeah, it, the it's kind of like a mathematical, the ratio for beauty. yeah, like yeah. of and also of growth. It's like a yeah. it's a ratio of growth that okay. so exists within basically absolutely everything. Yeah. So for that, we used music theory, and we showed like yeah, this like the growth in music, mm-hmm. and um, and that was quite cool because it was applied to merch as well. So it was again a, like mm. a completely different. Mm-hmm. I suppose asset when it comes to yeah. building out the design. So mm-hmm. instead of it being something that was on digital or in print, it was actually on a garment that mm-hmm. people would wear. Mm-hmm. So it's quite different. I find it really interesting that you're sort of talking about the golden ratio. I studied it for my A levels, mm-hmm. and I did like a lot of in depth because at that point I was like, okay, I don't know what to design it is, but that is apparently good design, so I'll just do that. <laughs> <laughs> and so I literally just like looked at the golden ratio for an entire year. It's really interesting. Like I looked at logos from designers. Um, and I sort of went and measured them up and they had the golden ratio in them. And I went to them, I, I sort of interviewed them and I said, what do you think of the golden ratio? And they were like, oh no, we don't, it's rubbish, we don't use it. And I was like, well, like all of these logos that you've designed have got the golden ratio oh, in them. Cool. And he's yeah. like, no, it's like, it was really cool. Um, but after I had studied it for like a year, I was like, I'm so tired, I just want to break the rules. <laughs> and it's like going back to what we were saying is that you need to know the rules to, in, break, to them. break them. Yeah, of course. It's yeah. the same with typography. Like I very much think that applies to the typography that we do in the studio. Mm-hmm. Because we create, because we create a lot of the fonts. Maybe a typographer would come along and say, "This is awful." Yeah, and it's just like maybe to the <laughs> to standard of uh-huh. like studying typography for four years, it's awful. <laughs> but the concept behind it is yeah. really interesting, and mm-hmm. actually, it creates something mm-hmm. that is quite different and quite new mm-hmm. and quite obscure to look at and yeah. kind of wrong and that's yeah. <laughs> what I try I suppose to build into everything is uh-huh. that kind of doesn't quite look right great that's great yeah that's good yeah <laughs> oh that's so interesting yeah uh-huh. I think that that's definitely something that I mean we probably will get so much stick for it online and all the rest of it but I kind of don't care I think that's so like freeing as well because a lot of the time we'll design something and then that'll be like the fun part and then we'll spend like hours after that trying to get the front into the right like position and the right size like the tiny minute things but having the freedom to say doesn't look quite right let's go with that Mm. I think that's really cool is that the correct application of it how do you like apply it I don't know well um yeah, and I think like overall aesthetic. So mm-hmm. 
just always like for instance some of like the best artists in the world like Tracy Emin for instance like loads of people used to you know slag her off like how could this be art etc etc but now she is like a credited Mm. archived Mm -hmm. artist and I think that it's kind of applying that sort of thinking to design and I think that's what I kind of mean with trying to always remove the studio from that very like internal mm-hmm. design world and mm-hmm. try and pull it into something that is more like well we're doing what we're we want to do and mm-hmm. we're we're enjoying it yeah Our clients love it mm-hmm. we've still got clients you know yeah. coming we want want it mm-hmm. so therefore we kind of don't care what you think like <laughs> yeah but it's not offending anyone it's no. not and it's nothing to do with you yeah so I don't know. That's yeah. my thinking. Yeah. I just, um, yeah, just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fair. That's so cool. What do you think is the most important part of the process? Uh, research. Okay. The beginning. Yeah. I think is the biggest. What because proportion do you spend on research as opposed quite to... Quite like, a big proportion, I'd okay. say. So, like, I'd say it can even be up to, like, two to three weeks on wow, just, okay. like, researching and mm-hmm. pulling images and fonts and yeah. building out stuff. Um but that's where the ideas come from Mm. so to go straight into creating something to make it look nice for instance Mm. is totally the wrong way to do it like okay okay, you can have like an initial reaction to a brief and thing and that happens to me i'd say the majority with poster work okay i know exactly like i just do it and i'm like that's it Mm -hmm. i just know that you've had the experience in it so you've done all that research before so maybe that's why Yeah. yeah I don't know, but yeah, I definitely say research mm-hmm. because as well, if things start to not work as you're building them out, mm-hmm. you go back to those stages and you look at it and you yeah. think, okay, is there anything we missed here? Is there anything else we could pull out, etc., mm-hmm. etc.? Cetera, et cetera. Mm. Like, what's been the most creatively challenging project that you've worked on? Mm, well, um, there's a, f- I suppose at the moment there's. Well, there's always a few because uh-huh. sometimes clients just love to see loads. Mm. So they'll be like, oh yeah, this is cool, but like maybe we could try this. And it's almost okay. like they'll, they'll kind of push to try everything and mm. then they'll be like, oh yeah, you were right in the beginning. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, because we do that in, yeah. our, in our sort of design process. We try out everything, you know, yeah. before. Okay. And then we present to you the things that are working the best yeah. because that's what we're paid to do <laughs> yeah. that's what we're trained to do yeah um but i must admit honestly mm-hmm. i have really lovely clients yeah and i think that's a really important thing as well it's like mm-hmm. i'm very uh protective over the jobs that we do take because yeah. i never want I, I just always want to protect the studio mm-hmm. and the work that we create mm-hmm. our aesthetic our style mm-hmm. um so i'd say that makes a big difference yeah it's just also working with amazing people mm-hmm. yeah sort of going back to sort of designers design and art do you think in 10 years from now um the line will be more blurred or do you think we'll always have that disconnection between... no i think definitely it will because okay. even with these movements of, of kind of it's, it's kind of like the young generation like more kids like playing on computers mm-hmm. and creating like digital art yeah and digital like crazy typography etc mm-hmm. um they you know these are the people of the future they yeah. are going to shape the future and yeah. if that's what they're doing now at uni and while they're at college and all the rest of it i think it's just going to continue to get pushed mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. 
I think it would be pretty cool. I think yeah. it would be quite interesting. Yeah, to see where it goes. To see where it goes, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I almost feel like when you're in the design sector, mm-hmm. everything is always shaped by the people before you. Yeah. And I feel like that's what I'm trying to go against with the studio is okay. instead of just copying what loads of other studios have done yeah. and following what they've done and yeah. how they've then succeeded, we're doing what we enjoy and trying yeah. to path that completely separately mm. and just get on with our own work and, and mind our own business and sure like the passion behind that would drive you and make you a lot more sort of interested in your work yeah definitely a hundred percent i think it shows in in the work that yeah it's always mm-hmm. you know it's because when i was younger i i worked in loads of big studios okay and i used to just think this is not the way <laughs> like design should be yeah because i i loved it so much mm. and i was like the schedules and the pressure that existed in these studios mm. completely ruined it for me. Okay. It became something like an office job rather yeah. than a creative process. Okay. And that really troubled me. So mm. that's something that I'm really trying to avoid with my studio. Mm-hmm. And how do you avoid that? Just work-life balance, maintaining okay. that, especially for the people that work for me. Uh-huh. Um, not allowing stress to like override Mm. things but again this does come down to like the clients that we take on so i mean if you're working for an enormous bank or something Mm. that stress would probably exist um just yeah just just protecting what we do and Mm -hmm. how we do it and our process and allowing it to always be quite free Mm -hmm. uh I say to like most people that work here, you know, there doesn't actually have to be a schedule if you want to come in at like midday and leave it whatever time if you feel like you've done what you've done that day then that's fine i'd much rather you weren't sitting pretending to do work behind a computer screen for three hours Mm. and actually not doing anything Mm -hmm. because it's just honestly not the way creative works yeah it does not work like that it's not a nine-to-five thing Mm -hmm. it never has been and it never will be Mm. sometimes you know you, you first thing in the morning you could have an amazing idea get an hour's work worth of work done and have done three or four amazing pieces of yeah. work and then the rest of the day you're just like i can't think anything like, <laughs> yeah. yeah and it is it's, uh-huh. it's the way it is yeah so yeah just trying to accept that mm-hmm. accept that that is the way that it works yeah and work with it that's really interesting so like a super broad question mm. um but also really interesting uh to you what makes a great design Oh, oh God. <laughs> I don't know. I'd say concept, 100%. Okay. Like, I, I love to understand how and why. Okay. Um, the reference in which it's been, I don't know, connected to. Mm-hmm. Um, something that just you, you can see. Mm. Like, you really see it, see it as like a piece of design or a piece of art. So you yeah. maybe see it and you just think... That that's amazing, or mm-hmm. that is just really well done. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, or that just looks wicked. It looks so different. Mm. I love it. Mm-hmm. That like initial reaction to yeah, it. Yeah, I'd say the initial reaction, uh-huh. like to have a reaction initially to yeah. something, makes a good design. Yeah, um, and the concept. Mm. I love understanding like the concept behind something, mm-hmm. and I'd also just say. A, I suppose the overall feel. So if it, if you look at it and you just feel like it's right. Yeah. But I, I can't really explain that feeling because I have that with the projects that we do. I know 
when we're on to something. Okay. And I know when something needs to be continued to be pushed, it's not mm. quite right yet. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's experience. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I would be. Um, so throughout your whole sort of time learning, um, what's been the biggest lesson that you've learned? The biggest lesson? Mm. The biggest, I don't know. I Maybe say, to be honest, now on reflection, mm. I never, I'm, I'm a pretty quick to the mark person. Okay. I'd say impatient. <laughs> the right word. But in the sense of, when I've decided something, yeah, not necessarily with other people. I just mean me personally. Uh-huh. If I've decided something, I need to do it immediately. Like, oh, yeah. I, like we can't. So something silly, for instance, like need to get my hair cut. Then I need to get it <laughs> do, done that day or the next day yeah. because that's when it needs to happen. I just don't have the patience to yeah. wait for it. Uh-huh. Um, and I'd say that that probably has been something that is good and also bad because okay. sometimes you'll be quick to the mark and then. Yeah you realise, oh God, that was a bit of a silly decision. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, so I'd say that that's probably something I've learned is to try and be a bit more uh, reflective and patient with yeah. what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I feel like there's something definitely in here. Uh, I, sup- I would say actually holding your ground is something that I've definitely learned. So okay. I find that because I am... on the younger side and Mm. a female that I often will go into client meetings and feel like people aren't taking me seriously Mm. or they can kind of push you around a little bit Mm. more Mm. Um, and I just really do hold my ground so for instance if you want to work with us this is the process and this is you know we're Mm -hmm. we're very collaborative we're very um, open to however somebody wants to work Mm. but just being able to articulate yourself and respond to questions Mm -hmm. and, you know, appropriate things in a way that allows you to still have control over the situation rather than kind of getting pushed around or I think, because a lot of clients, I sometimes think, just think that you're a bit of a monkey with hands (laughs) that can use these programs rather than a brain that's thinking about it. I luckily don't have those experiences, but I've heard of them. So I would say just being confident and believing in what you know mm. is something I've definitely learned. And I think that's a life experience thing more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting to take forward. Um, and sort of what do you look for when you're sort of hiring people to work with you in the studio? Uh, okay, so I really like people who have more of a... I would say like RT portfolio. So okay. that doesn't necessarily mean life drawing. Yeah. Um, it's more something that, you know, has a real concept, mm. like so work that feels really quite conceptual yeah. in its approach. Mm. And then the outcome of it is obviously like really beautiful mm. as well. Um, I'd say sometimes having like quite big corporate projects mm-hmm. is good because it just shows that you know the design process. Yeah. So it allows me to see that if you came in to the studio, I'd be able to give you a project. And, you know, because we're, mm. we're like four to five people mm. when everyone's in. Mm. And I think that having people who can come in mm-hmm. and own and manage projects yeah. is very important yeah. at this stage anyway mm-hmm. of where the studio is at. So I'd say having that experience of kind of Mm. understanding a project from start to finish Mm. uh, but also references that are more arty or 
feel more conceptual mm. and then have been created to feel quite professional or quite yeah. finished, mm-hmm. I, I'd say, is, is are things that definitely catch my eye. Mm. Um, and what advice would you give to students starting in the creative industry? I would give them... <laughs> I don't know. Um, try lots of different things. Okay. Because when I was a student, I remember I like came down to London mm-hmm. and I didn't really know the difference between a studio and an agency. And mm-hmm. they're very different things. Yeah. Um, I also wasn't entirely sure if I loved advertising brand Mm -hmm. identity editorial and I actually went straight into advertising and then I had to work quite hard to get into brand identity because that was something that I loved because of the concept Mm. and the thinking behind it Mm -hmm. I just loved it Mm -hmm. whereas I found advertising was more I suppose about it's it's about it's thinking but it's in quite a different way it's it's more copywriting and being yeah less sort of visual it's yeah it's 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 more actually I'd say a language advertising yeah. yeah whereas brand identity can be a bit more um delicate in mm-hmm. its approach to <laughs> selling something yeah um so i would say try lots of different things yeah i would say don't do work for free okay. um because i think a lot of students think that they have to do that but i would uh, even for a small fee or for something in mm. return, mm-hmm. then I think that's good. Even if it's a bit of exposure on somebody's like Instagram oh, yeah. or whatever, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and then number three, I would say work, work pretty hard. Yeah. Because I, I think that, that is the time of your life where you can do it mm-hmm. because you're a junior designer. So you can kind of get away, away with a wee bit more. <laughs> like you probably have more of your evenings. Yeah. Um, because you literally just get more and more busy mm. as the years go on. Yeah. So that would be my three points of advice. That's super helpful. Thank you and very much. And have fun. Yeah. And have fun. Yeah. Whatever you're doing. <laughs> uh-huh. And actually, this would be the last thing, which kind of pulls into this idea of having fun. Yeah. Is I would always have a, like a hobby on the side. Okay. So whether that is going to life drawing, doing yeah. ceramics, uh-huh. singing, yeah. whatever, just have a hobby. Yeah. Because I do think it really pulls out that part of your brain that you need mm. to creatively think. Yeah. That's great. That is so, so interesting. Thank you so much. Well, it's been absolutely amazing to have you on the show, uh, the podcast. Uh, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> TV show. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, well, so next time uh, on the podcast, we'll be coming to you from our live recordings from the Silver Building in London. Ooh. Check you then. Thank cool. you. Thanks.